Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and be joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing? What's going down? Oh, everything's going down. Uh, we are hurtling towards Christmas. I've not bought any presents. Yes. I am watching a lot of World Cup football. Uh, I'm working as hard as I can. Uh, I'm experiencing uh, a lot of hangovers. Uh, it's just a usual Christmas. <laughs> it's the usual Christmas period. With plenty of Christmas parties and Christmas whatnotery, um, but there's uh, but but there's a World Cup in the middle, so I'm working harder than ever. So it's uh, it's I can't wait to January to be honest. I've been enjoying the spectacular rise and fall of Japan in the last week when they beat Germany. A shock win. Everyone on Twitter was like, ha ha, Chris and Pete, your predictions were wrong. Fair enough, they were. <laughs> uh, like, Japan was so happy when they beat Germany. And I, I think everyone was, like, there's collective shock across the world. Uh, but in Japan, they were like, we should call it a national holiday this day. It's beating <laughs> Germany at football day. And the share price in Hub, the awful British pub chain, the share price went up spectacularly because they assumed <laughs> that people would be going there to drink and cheer on Japan and then they lost to Costa Rica and the shares that went up 15% went down 16% so Hub made a a share price loss overall (laughs) Um, and the wind has firmly been taken snatched from the sails of Japan what are your thoughts Pete as the a resident football pundit. Oh well, everyone was giving it the big licks because I'd said because uh, I'd said that Japan, Japan were going to get pumped against Germany. The thing is, I genuinely believed that they weren't going to get pumped, and I genuinely believed that really? they were going to that they were going to um, do okay because they've got a good side, and Germany are a bit of a they're, they're a bit of an head case uh, kind of a bit, a bit, a bit mm. of a, like, they've got trouble, tr- troubles at the back, I think, um, and a lot of uh, a lot of abs- well, a couple of absences, and they've got quite old. Right, creaky right. midfield and so I genuinely thought that Japan might do something but on the podcast <laughs> in passing I said well by the time you know you guys listen to this uh, you know Japan may very well have been pumped and so I just got loads of like oh you predict this Pete but I, d- I don't remember really predicting it I just said oh, in all likelihood that out, might Pete. happen that look that is just football sometimes you win sometimes you lose but yes Japan um, did very very well against Germany they really looked very leggy and I think there were some very strange decisions by uh, Mr. Manager uh, in in the second game um, and 
uh, yeah, it was weird that they that they lost that one. So um, it all hinges on the final uh, match. But unfortunately, that match is against Spain, who look all right. Oh, <laughs> so, dear. Oh, dear. Never oh, mind. God. But uh, it was fun. Poor old it's, Japan. It's been a fun World Cup. Um, a lot of teams. Uh, I mean, the England, the English team absolutely hammered Iran um, 6-2 first match second match um, they, they, they they got a, they managed to draw against the USA now um, I don't think they really deserved to be booed off the pitch there's, there's something about football fans booed? Really? booed off the pitch and it's like you travel oh, all the way no. to Qatar to support your team and then you boo them off the pitch there's, there's something about the modern person <laughs> not even football fan that has no sort of sense of scale or the fact that like football's going to be around for a very long time so don't get upset because your team lose on a Saturday you know there's no kind of like there's no kind of like idea that you know you lose one match you probably you might win the next one you know there's no everything's like either the worst thing or the best thing in the world, so yeah, mm, it's uh, mm, it's been strange. I would never, I would, I would ne- never uh, really boo my team off the pitch. I don't think anyway, unless Steve Bruce is in charge at Newcastle United, which you <laughs> an honourable man, Pete. Yes, honourable man. So. Well, yes. let's see what happens with Japan. I'm sure Japan will be annihilated by Spain, and my prediction will be wrong again. <laughs> okay, we'll see, we'll right. see. But uh, well done, Japan. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like Japan to do well. I, I, I'm cheering them on. I am. I, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. think I feel more loyal to Japan than the UK at this point. I so we shall see. Uh, we've got a story here from Elliot this week who says, Hello there, Candyman Chris from Party Pete. He is Party Pete, that's why he's hungover. It's Back true. in March of 2022, I finally arrived in Japan to attend Japanese language school in Tokyo after an almost two year wait due to the border situation, and I had an arubaito part time job while I was there. After searching and applying for many jobs, I got my first job offer to work as a babysitter for a very wealthy Japanese family in Tokyo. I'd never experienced uh, babysitting. Oh, God, this is not good. (laughs) But on day one, I learned that I actually wasn't going to do very much babysitting at all, but assist the many Japanese nannies at the home while speaking to the children in English. At first, I thought this would be a simple job, but quickly turned into a series of many awkward moments. The nannies expected me to be fluent in Japanese and follow the very strict schedule that was written out in Japanese. Hmm. Within the first five minutes of arriving at the job, the nannies in broken English instructed me to hurry up and stop standing around because they had a very busy day for the two kids. As the day went on, I proceeded to cause the kids to be late for their appointments because I had absolutely no clue what was going on and did not understand Japanese. After a long day of screw-ups, I was sure I would be fired, but to my surprise, I got an email from the mother saying the kids enjoyed my company and she wanted me back again for one more time. So even though the nannies weren't pleased with my work, I succeeded in the job of making the kids happy and thus turned out to be a very rewarding part-time job. Have you ever been in a situation in Japan uh, where you were sure that you did terrible, but to your surprise, you were complimented at the end. Cheers, guys. Elliot. Mm. <laughs> and, the, and then they went down in the basement and uh, there was a man living down there and uh, the whole family came round <laughs> and lived in the house like the film Parasite. <laughs> it sounds like there's out, out of Parasite. Oh, God. It does sound eerily like Parasite. He just stole on the plot from a, an award-winning film. <laughs> Cheeky Elliot. Yeah. What a weird job, honestly. That is strange. I mean, of having, it, so you're basically like player liaison, you're kind of translator, but not really translator. You're a confuser, if anything. <laughs> confuser? Mr. Confuser. Yeah, I wonder what you taught the kids. Yeah. It's quite common though, isn't it, where like they hire people in Japan to just sit and talk with kids yeah. and learn English. I remember we did a video back in March with uh, American Pete, the, mm. uh, the American version of Pete Dolson, where he talked about how... 
he ran like a daycare center or something in Yokohama and a woman would come in every week with her pregnant child uh, with you know her fetus basically and get Pete to talk to her stomach to educate <laughs> the kid on the American English which just makes no sense whatsoever and enraged me um but he was complimented for his work. So there's a story, Elliot. Yeah, Pete. Pete He's talking to a fetus. Yeah, I mean, like, and, and Do you reckon the fetus came out bilingual. So he came out, was like, "Oh, mum, I started talking like this. Doing? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> how's it going, ma? <laughs> I'm, I'm in the world now. I'm out of your foof. <laughs> Let's get drinks. <laughs> that would be a really good film. I'd watch that. The paint uh, is like Benjamin boss, Button, Boss Baby. <laughs> hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> the curious case, the curious case of Takahashi Sato. He came out speaking in a Kansas American dialect. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Fucking hell. Honestly, I don't know. The world of English language education in Japan is a very bizarre place. You know, I do in a Kaiwa every Monday when I lived in Sakata yeah. my first three years. And, you know, half the people there couldn't speak English and just sort of turned up just to sit there and get out of the house, I think. And you'd ask them a question, and the ones that didn't know English, they'd sort of just nod there awkwardly. They'd nod and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'd just be really awkward. <laughs> right. It's a very strange dynamic. Um, you find people in Japan, when they hit 50, they regret not learning English because they realise they can't do much else other than just sit around Japan and, and just live out their final years right. doing nothing. <laughs> and so there's a sort of a, a midlife crisis in Japan where they're like, shit, we need to learn English right now. So I'd get mm. a lot of people in their 50s coming in and start learning English at that age so mm. they could escape and travel the world. Um, but yeah, the world of English. I don't, think I've ever, I don't think I've ever been told... I don't think I've ever done something terrible, though, and been complimented at the end. I was probably... A story in there somewhere. I have to think. I have to think back to that, Elliot. But well done and uh, congratulations. As mm. to the news of the week, though, Mr. Donaldson, what's going on in Japan this week? I'm guessing it's World Cup related. It's World Cup related, Chris. The World Cup is on. The World Cup's happening. It's in Qatar. It's uh, extremely problematic. But uh, the Japanese <laughs> fans have been delighting the rest of the um, uh, fans at the World Cup, turning up to matches that they're not even involved in. The fans uh, and Ooh. just tidying up. Basically, uh, Marie Kondo yeah, style. They, 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 well, they do this sort of every kind of World Cup, be it rugby, be it uh, be, be it the Olympics, be it whatever. Um, the Japanese fans love a big tidy up. Uh, Japanese players uh, are famous for um, tidying up the team dressing room afterwards, hanging up the towels, cleaning the floor, leaving thank you notes and things like that. And after Japan lost one little Costa Rica on Saturday, uh, sorry, Sunday, uh, Japanese supports once again picked up everyone's litter in the stand. It's kind of like, oh, it, this is kind of what they're kind of known for, if that makes any sense. Uh, Japan coach uh, Hajime Moriyasu says, uh, for Japanese people, uh, this is just a normal thing to do. When you leave, you have to leave the place cleaner than it was before. That's the education we've been taught. That's basic culture we have. For us, it's nothing special. And the Japanese Football Association supplied um, 8,000 trash uh, bags to help the fans pick up after matches with a thank you message on the outside, written in Arabic, Japanese and English. And it's very ingrained in Japanese culture, cleaning up after yourself, unless you're on Mount Fuji, there's trash everywhere. <laughs> uh, you can um, you, you, you're in a situation where you are uh, the, the, the fans are just very into tidying up almost to the point Chris that I think they might I think I think they might be getting something sexual out of it <laughs> I've decided I think it's a bit kinky I think it's just that they're always just odd. they're always just that. that's the I think that's the reason why they sort of turn up to World Cups so that they can tidy up but it's kind <laughs> of like uh, it's uh 
it's it's an interesting little quirk of Japanese society that that, that sort of thing uh, the fans really really love. But I would say that uh, for me, I just I do sort of go. It's a bit kinky. <laughs> it's a little bit kinky. <laughs> <laughs> There's something suspicious going on. It's, it's yeah. depressing, isn't it? The British are the ones creating the mess. Yes. And the Japanese tidying it up. Yeah, that, I mean, that always. part of it is very, very, very de- depressing. Uh, there was a sociologist, uh, a German sociologist, I believe, uh, Barbara mm. Hothus, spent the last decade in Japan, basically said that uh, cleaning up after oneself is ingrained in Japanese culture. You're also all, mm, always mm, supposed mm. to take your trash home in Japan. There are no trash cans on the street, which is very true in, in, in many uh, areas. It's very annoying. Um, from, from an early age, you clean your classroom you learn that you are responsible for the cleanliness of your own space. Most Japanese elementary schools don't have janitors, so a lot of the cleanup uh, work is left to the students, which is interesting. It is, yeah, yeah. I remember at the end of every school day, at like three thirty, they'd have the mm. sort of twenty, thirty minutes of cleaning, and all yeah. the students would get like brushes and vacuums and hose pipes, and they would clean up the whole school every single day. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the school was absolutely spotless. They saved a lot on uh, cleaning staff, so. Take that's that's something we should steal from Japan. Child labour. <laughs> yeah. I like to get the students to clean the fucking school for you, and you save a couple of grand a day. Is it beautiful? Is it wonderful? Is it clever? Is it sinister? You decide. Yeah, but exactly. yeah, there's no doubt Japan is a lot cleaner. Like yeah. the trains. I mean, on a Japanese train, you sort of clean your seat and take all the rubbish to the bin yourself. And at the restaurants, often fast food restaurants, you're you know, it's expected that you take the rubbish with you. I was with my friend Dave, my editor, who's over here at the moment doing a few things, and we went out for dinner at Moss Burger, which you should never do. It's the worst burger restaurant in the world. Uh, but we finished the meal, and I put my stuff in the bin. He just left his there on the table. I was like, whoa, 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 back up. Get your rubbish. Put it in the bin. This isn't <laughs> London anymore. Tidy up your own rubbish. So it, it becomes ingrained in you when you live here. Yeah. You keep things tidy. You keep things clean. I remember like if you drop a bit of tissue or a bit of paper on the floor while you're walking, you go back and you pick it up in a way that you might not necessarily do in the UK. Mm. You just feel like everyone's doing their part. And that's a really nice thing. Yeah. It's a team effort. Keep that the land is. clean. That is. Keep the land clean. <laughs> keep the land clean. Keep the land clean for crying out loud. Yeah. Absolutely. But apparently Japan's been doing this for quite a long time, right? This is, you know, you've, you said earlier that this is something that happens a lot. I remember, like, the last World Cup, which was, when was that? 2018-ish? Uh, yeah. We talked, I remember at the time this was a news story we discussed then, because everyone was like, wow, the Japanese are clearing up the stadium. So <laughs> it feels only yesterday. <laughs> and that, but apparently they've been doing it since, like, 1998. This goes back mm. to the, the the World Cup in France, the yep. 90s. And uh, it's, I think it's a very clever PR stunt. Yeah, and it's, but it shouldn't. I mean, I guess I guess it shouldn't be. Um, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be uh, a thing that, that that never happens with 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 fans and supporters and teams and stuff. You know, that mm. should be like bare minimum. But um, yeah, I mean, why why doesn't everybody just take the trash home with them? That's what I don't understand. Or at least take it to a bin. Absolutely. Here, here. That's what here, we want on the Born Japan podcast. Cleanliness. Get rid of your rubbish. Cleanliness. That's what Marie Kondo wants. Clear up. If it's not, if it doesn't inspire joy, <laughs> chuck it in the bin. <laughs> Nothing in my life inspires joy, Chris. Nothing. Oh, <laughs> chuck yourself in the bin. We'll be back in just a moment, guys, <laughs> with the fax machine, your stories, comments, and questions. Ooh. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at MintMobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Donaldson? Hello, Ethan from Portland, Oregon, USA. You've emailed the show. Uh, dearest Christofascist, Chris and Patriarchal Pete. Christofascist? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's Christian fascism, Chris. I, mean, <laughs> I guess your, your name is Chris. So that part of it, you're just, you're just really oh, yeah, fascist yeah. about being Chris. Chris, Chris or fascist, maybe, uh, and patriarchal Pete. I, I have recently gotten hooked on a style of fly fishing that originates from Japan called tenkara. Uh, this has got me uh, wondering about the popularity of fishing as a hobby in Japan. How popular is it for your uh, average Japanese person to take a jaunt out to the countryside for a lovely day on the water? 
How popular is fishing? Uh, Surely it is quite popular. It must be up there with golf. You see a lot of people with fishing lines off, like hanging off the side of uh, rivers mm. in the length and breadth of the country. I mean, Surely. if you go to any, yeah, if you go to any coastal port in Japan, there's always lots of folks fishing there, and it's it's like a popular thing to do when you've retired. And you know, right. Japan's has very fertile fishing waters. Mm. When Ethan mentioned the fishing as a hobby, I thought he was going to bring up like the ikijime method. You know about the ikijime method of killing fish, Pete? No. What's ikijime. that? Ikijime. It's uh, basically a way of killing the fish that makes it more delicious. Maintains the quality of meat. Like when you when you kill a fish, apparently it like it secretes all these hormones and things. Oh, when it due dies, to the shock right. of dying throughout its body and it ruins mm. the flavour. In Japan, they do something that basically. Uh, sever the spinal cord causing immediate brain death so none of these uh none of its <laughs> none of these harmful things are secreted throughout the fish's body so i mean you just chop the head off delicious. it sounds it sounds like you're chopping the head off <laughs> I mean, that sounds like where oh. where would the best place to sever a spine probably like the head in it um they, there's nothing yeah. about food uh preparation or meat preparation that doesn't make you go yeah, we're the bad guys, aren't we? <laughs> like, you know, as I say yeah. that as a fish lover and a meat eater, just, there's not there's no part of getting that food onto your plate that makes you go, yeah, I'm glad that happened. <laughs> it's so yeah, cognitive I mean, dissonance that you got fucking you know opted into. Very strange. I uh, in August, I, the last time I did fishing was actually in August, and the last time before that was like a hundred years ago. But Connor mm. was like, oh yes, we must go fishing in fucking Saitama for my video. I was like, okay. Is this going to be interesting? But Connor was like, fishing is life. Fishing is all. Right. So we went fishing. We went fucking rainbow trout fishing in the middle of nowhere and got eaten alive by a million mosquitoes. But it was kind of fun. Mm. But there was a horrible moment where I had to kill the fish that I'd caught mm. and I was just not up for it. It just felt awful, mm. battering its head over a bucket. And, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of guilt. In the end, I think I got Connor to do it because he's just, he's just ruthless, right? Ruthless man. <laughs> ruthless um, man. What I will say was the fish was fucking delicious thing. We yeah. stuck it in the oven after put a bucket of salt over it, stuck it in the oven. Beautiful. Beautiful. Fish good. stick. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm reading up on this Tenkara, um, literally fishing from heaven or sky fishing. Uh, and <laughs> uh, it's basically, there's no reel. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's real insects on bait. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, it's a traditional Tenkara is like, um, is like uh, reelless, so you don't have a reel, and you stand because you see them in mm. w- people wading through the rivers. In, it's, it's a little bit more because we have an idea of like I was chatting to David Seaman, the Arsenal goalkeeper, uh, on uh, on Friday night. Um, fucking good bloke, like really my favourite footballer. I want to hang out with him unless he's done something problematic. Like I can good I, I disavow yeah. myself massively. No, um, really, really nice bloke. But all he does, <laughs> he doesn't do any punditry. He doesn't do any kind of football work anymore. He just he just eked out a life near Reading where he just goes fishing every day. He loves fishing. Really? It's his favourite thing. But we have an idea of like fishing is like being like t- just two old boys on a on a on a on a side of a river just sat <laughs> drinking cans and eating um eating sandwiches and and, and, and fishing. But they uh but like the the, the tenkara fly fishing you're wading around you're walking around you know you're walking up and down uh, mm. a shallow a shallow stream and stuff so it's uh yeah it's 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 a very different vibe i would say it's a lot more involved but uh sounds sounds amazing fishing from heaven fishing from heaven hmm. i don't know i still don't really see the appeal of fishing but maybe one day when i can't walk and i'm bored i will take it up yeah but you know i'm not against anyone fishing like i 
Connor loves fishing. Maybe I could be converted. As I said, it was delicious. And if you could catch it, cook it, eat it, then I see the appeal. Then I yeah. see where it's going to be fun. But yeah, go David Seaman. I remember David Seaman. He was a he was like all the rage when I was a kid. All the it's rage. Nice to know he's he was everywhere. Fine life. Doing his fishing outside. Look, we're a genuinely lovely look because because I, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll occasionally bump into a footballer and you know we'll have a forced conversation about fucking diddly squat. But he was genuinely interested in what I had to say. He even entertained. I think I've sort of sprained or possibly fractured my little finger being in playing in goal. Oh, and he even entertained me saying, "Oh, David, I've really hurt my um, little finger playing in goal." Are you giving me um, goalkeeping advice and stuff? <laughs> Should have uh, should have sold him on the Abroad Japan podcast. <laughs> That's what I expect, Pete. But go, David Seaman. We got a story here from Matt from Austin, Texas, who, who says, uh, "Hello, St. Pete, St. Pete Rick's Day, and and Christmas. Ooh. Bloody hell, I get worse by each, each and every one. I have a job working in radio, and was curious to know if radio was popular in Japan. I have a theory that since people in Japan drive much less than people in the States do." Radio listenership would be much lower over in Japan. Do you think this theory holds any water? Much love, Matt from Austin, Texas. I don't know, Matt, because Japan's population is older and I think listen to more conventional forms of media, whether it's radio or maybe it's watching TV. They're more sort of in tune with that as opposed to Mm. podcasts and YouTube. So I don't know. I guess that could be a factor. Generally, though, when you go into like a... Uh, a little ramen shop, a mum and pop restaurant um, or ramen shop or something around Japan, you find it's usually a TV that's on in the corner, right, Pete? Mm. You sort of go in, there's always a TV, as opposed to radio. They usually have a TV on. So I think TV's probably the winner. What do you reckon? Well, we um, we obviously... um my first trip to Japan with you, we uh, visited mm. Sakata and uh, what your um, the hotelier with the Morstelier, um, is, uh, he oh, he yeah. brought us to his community station and we did a little oh, show that's true, yeah, on yeah. the rainiest day ever because yeah. because obviously at that time I was a radio DJ still and um, and it was quite nice to sort of hear what community radio uh, was like in in <laughs> in Japan and, and and it just looked like. Um, it just looked like you know, like those side missions in Yakuza, where you just go into like a an office, <laughs> like a taxi driver's office, and there's just like paper everywhere. It was just basically that, really. It was just uh, there was the map of the of where the where the transmitter sort of transmitted to, but it was just nice sort of seeing a little community station. I would have liked to have seen what a you know a capital radio or a you know a, a Nova, like a, like a big a big. Uh, um, uh, radio station would look like it in Japan, but mm. it it there's whenever you go into a hotel, there's always the radios either on or the, you have access to an old radio sort of thing from the seventies on their seventies kind of like bed. Do you know what I mean? When you go yeah. like an old an old um, business hotel, um, and there's always you, you've always got a little radio and stuff, but it, it always seems to be talk radio, and obviously I've no idea what anyone's saying. <laughs> yeah, no, that's quite cool actually. I forgot about that. Yeah, if you go into certain. Older business hotels in Japan, they have the radio built into the, the in light the, panel, like yeah. you, like right by the the head of the bed, right? And, you and it all, and it sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, very evocative much, though. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, I love the way you describe describe radio in Japan as a yuck is a side mission. Yeah, it was just, but it's just like the, it's the it's like side mission where you go and you uh, and you just you've got to do side mission. You got to deliver some papers or something because uh, <laughs> Japanese uh, JRPGs they do take liberties with your time to be quite frank <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah the bloody cutscenes are endless yeah that's why I don't play Japanese games anymore <laughs> uh, we got one here from Austin from Oregon he says hello pirate P 
Pete and Captain Chris. Mm. I'm traveling to Japan in January 2023, and I went out and bought a drone specifically for my trip, the DJI Mini Pro 3. And Ooh. I was wondering if there's any restrictions for bringing and using my drone in Japan. It would really suck to get to Japan and have the thing confiscated at the airport. Best from Austin uh, in Oregon, USA. Um, Japan does have some new drone laws. I recently had to buy a new drone because my Mavic 2 Pro didn't have some sort of antenna or new piece of equipment in it right. that DJI have put in that's able to have the drone get tracked or something. Um, so my wonderful drone that never failed me, I've had to sort of retire it. Uh, but I bought a brand new drone, the DJI Air 2S. And uh, yeah, it's been really great so far. The Mini 3 Pro is good, but you do need to get a permit online and you need to sort of register your drone and register your sort of that you're a pilot and then you should be good to go um mm. they won't confiscate it when you're in japan no but they might sort of say oh get a permit on a guy shamas but i'd recommend <laughs> doing the permit in advance because it's a bit of a headache and it's not overly fun but they have got it in english so as a foreign tourist you should be able to do it quite effortlessly mm. and japan's a great place to fly a drone mm. isn't it pete you love a drone <laughs> i love a drone i love watching you fly a drone i love watching yeah, you I was fly like a drone a, i was in an abandoned mine yesterday with, uh, with PewDiePie of all people, just flying a drone around. It just was hanging so out, fun. just hanging out with PewDiePie in a mine. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little Is bit this, weird. Really. Have you just, uh, <laughs> if if sort of, uh, it's something that you'd make with like I don't know, cards against humanity or something, just like <laughs> or, or like kind of improv or something. Imagine this and this and this. <laughs> it's yeah, Chris Broad like, in a mine. <laughs> we, I mean, we hang out in Tokyo and go surfing, but it was it was time for him to come up to uh, to the studio, get a grand yep. tour. Get and in I was mind. like, get what in my mind. Like, <laughs> what, what what kind of cultural things would he like in yeah. North Japan? And was it, is it a temple? Is it a shrine? No, it's an abandoned mine, biggest in fucking Asia at one point. This massive mine that <laughs> closed down in the sixties. It's so cool. I love right. that place. Oh. I did a video on it uh, years ago, but uh, yeah, I didn't film it. It was just us wandering around a mine. I was pretty scary. We had to go through this like two meter long grass at one point, and I just pictured bears coming out and eating us and nobody knowing where we were because we didn't tell anyone we had no phone signal could have been a really sad end <laughs> but there you go I think he filmed it though he might be filming it he might come out on his channel we'll cool. see but yeah and when you come to Japan I will also give you a tour of the mine of the mine if you so desire it well is the, I'm, I'm obsessed with these guys who go around um, old abandoned mines in America um, trying to find jeans old jeans, jeans. <laughs> which is just a bit like jeans yeah old jeans from like the 1800s, the late 1800s. What Apparently, they're very valuable. I think <laughs> they were made in a different way. Like they're, they're weirdly, um, like really old jeans seem to like attract a lot of interest when it comes to um, antiques and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I don't know who would buy a, a pair of jeans you find in a bloody, <laughs> you find in a bloody, uh, a, a bloody mine. But mm, seems to be. Well, when you come over, we'll go down the mine, look for some jeans. Yep. I'm sure we'll find some jeans in the rooms full of asbestos. <laughs> I do worry, actually, about some of the rooms I went in that mine look pretty ropey, and mm. some of the stuff coming out of the wall looked a bit bit sketchy. I also nearly trod on a nail the other day while exploring an abandoned village with Connor. I <laughs> stood on a rusty nail. It went through my shoe Ooh. and touched my skin, but didn't pierce my foot. Good so God. Hopefully I haven't got tetanus. Lordy. Fingers crossed. We'll find out. In the next episode of the Abroad Japan podcast, keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to abroadjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week, guys, to do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, be careful, don't stand on a rusty nail, and we'll be back later in the week to do it all over again, right back here on the Abroad Japan podcast. Bye for now. My rusty nail!
Soundgarden. In Japan is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.